0: Welcome to Career Tools. This week, dealing with colleagues who are bullies. Here we go. Folks, if you don't know, we have uh, over 30 casts on developing effective relationships. It's centered on your DISC profile, which we encourage you to get at our website or many others. And find out what your natural style is. Learn about other people's natural styles. Many bullies are high Ds and learn that you can push back at times uh, and you can interrupt them at times. There are all kinds of specific guidance for meetings, for email, for voicemails, for one-on-one discussions, for how to deal with a person who's different than you. Check it out. Okay, Wendy, so we recently got notification, I think, that we had the 300th Career Tools cast. Uh, We did. uh, Although I, I wonder whether or not that includes the earlier casts, right, that were done uh, before we started Career Tools having its own feed, I think those were just the Career cast that we did in its own feed. Is that is that probably right?
1: I think so. I didn't go back and count. I just carried on writing yeah. more.
0: But my point here is, is that to be 300 casts in and to finally be getting to how to deal with a bully, uh, it, it seems slow. And yet, gosh, we've got thousands more casts to deliver. So we'll be doing this for a long, long time. And the fact is, this happens. And to me, bullies that exist in the workplace are a classic piece of data that support the idea that managers are grossly under-managing. The problem in, in large organizations today is not managers who micromanage. They, they might get the press and people tell stories about them, but the vast majority of managers are so deeply undermanning their people, not knowing what they're doing, not being involved, not being down in the weeds, not that you have to do things down in the weeds, but you have to know what your people are doing, uh, that beliefs are allowed to thrive.
1: And mm-hmm. being willing to to say things are unacceptable.
0: Yeah, exactly. And managers don't know. Managers don't stand up. Uh, managers pretend that two people telling two sides of the story, they're both okay, and it doesn't work and it's not effective. So how do we deal with a bully?
1: Well, the first thing is start saving, get your resume ready and warm up your network, which I think is the longest one part of an outline we've ever had. And then walk away from yelling or violence
0: walk away. Yeah.
1: Use peer feedback, document your actions and decide what you're willing to do.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'll tell you that. Um, In fact, when I got this, when I printed this out this morning, I thought, walk away. That's the answer. I mean, fundamentally, you don't have to stand for anybody being disrespectful to you. You do not. Uh, And the organization, wherever you are, owes it to you to create an environment That allows you to not be treated that way now there are some of you that are overly sensitive and when your boss says i can't believe you've done this i'm really disappointed i feel you failed that's not bullying okay but that said let's get to this top of the show start saving get your resume ready and warm up your network i assume you mean start saving money i do This, 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 this does sound like a little bit of a downer but i assume you're putting it first because it's what you start doing first, and it takes the longest of all the steps. But we're not saying immediately you're done. That, no, not at all. That's the implication of this, and I don't want yeah. people to get that impression. Okay.
1: No, yeah. no, not okay. at all. We we want you to have an escape plan, but we don't want you to have to use it necessarily, or even use it early on. We want you to use it when it's when it's the right time. So saving money... And having your resume ready and having people in your network who are offering you opportunities is good for two good reasons. First, it gives you choices about how to deal with that situation. Even if you don't use it, knowing that you have enough money to give your two weeks notice and leave can help you deal with a situation that's difficult. Just knowing that you can get out of it somehow comforts us psychologically. Um having a resume ready so that if an opportunity comes up it's ready you just hand it over and having people in your network who know that you're open to opportunities that you know you've contacted within the last three or four months so that they are passing you opportunities is a good thing there's nothing worse than the day that the straw that 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 breaks the camel's back happens and you just go, I can't do this anymore. And you leave and you have no money and no no opportunities.
0: Somebody just tweeted me, retweeted something that I said on a cast. I've said it several times in the last 10 years, which is never let someone else make a career decision for you. Don't Mm -hmm. be bullied out of a job. And then you're left with no next job. Don't be laid off and the solution to that of course is outperform but even if you do don't be put in a situation where if heaven forbid you get laid off don't be put in a situation where you have to make a decision that you don't want to make in terms of taking a job simply to pay the rent and look your family comes first and so start saving means as we've said in a previous cast have six months worth of your income saved in a reserve fund and in if a bully happens if a layoff happens if you get fired for a misunderstanding or for an actuality, um, or if you simply find that the company has done something so unethical that you can't stomach it, uh, that spiritually you just can't feel right about working there anymore, you walk away. But but if you're gonna if we're gonna tell you to walk away from yelling or violence, we don't mean walk out the door. But in this case, you have to have the ability to say. I can leave now i'm okay i can get by for a couple of months and my network is warm my resume is ready and i'm confident and i would rather go through those six months of planning a new part of my career than deal with this the ethics the violence the the disrespect the the fear of a layoff even if you get past this one i'd rather do that than deal with this one more day Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and this guidance guys is not just for this cast that is standing career tools, guidance, six months saved, resume always ready. And that means career management document. And there are podcasts about resumes and having a network and keeping your network warm. And all of those things are simple things to do. And they fundamentally go to our issue of your careers about your results and your relationships. And then the third thing is if, if there is a career tools, Trinity, the third thing is your ability to transition well. And having savings and having a resume and having a network are the undergirding, the underpinnings of a successful transition, even if the transition comes in an inopportune time.
1: The second reason we've already said it provides a safety net and knowing that you have a safety net can make something that's difficult um, more bearable. If you if you have a great job and you're learning a lot and, and you want the experience and the commute is perfect and there's this, just this one person who gets the the need to bully you you might want to stay you might decide to stay and that's it it is a rational decision and knowing that you have a safety net if on one day you decide that's no longer the right decision can be really it's a really good comforting
0: thing yeah i think for a lot of people the reason this decision is so hard the reason the fear is so big is because they don't have the know,
1: I have no other options. I have to stay.
0: And that just makes it worse because now you're dreading it. And you feel guilty that you didn't do what probably most of us know we need to do, which is not, if you'll pardon the health example, only go to the doctor when we're sick, but rather embark on a path of wellness. And career wellness is savings, resume, network.
1: Yeah. So, the second part is walk away from yelling or violence. Already said walk away. So, and there there are occasions there are people who raise a voice in meetings yep. there's there's people who slap the table or a wall or whatever and it will happen occasionally like we're all emotional beings and not all of us have the wherewithal to control all of our emotions all of the time even if we're in the office and we would prefer to so if something happens occasionally then that's probably not bullying. There's a bunch of different definitions of bullying, but if the person does it once in a blue moon, that's not bullying. If it's if it's systematic, if it's all the time, you know, if it's daily or weekly, then it probably meets the definitions. And the definitions are kind of important. Uh, they depend on which jurisdiction you're in, but if you decide. To report it later on, you need to know what the definition is in your jurisdiction.
0: Right. Now, I know that the key to bullying is a pattern. Mm -hmm. And your boss once a month getting ticked off is not a pattern. Okay. Now, four days each month, right after he gets his butt chewed because his numbers are bad, then you might consider that a pattern. I'll just reverse this for a second. Of course, this cast is much more about colleagues, right? It's not about bosses. We've already had a podcast for about angry and demeaning bosses. Um, And we encourage you to listen to that. But an example, guys, we recommend in in our podcast about systemic feedback that when we talk to bosses, we say, if your direct engages in a pattern of behavior and you're giving them feedback and they're not changing, you can change how you interact with that and, and bring out, if you'll pardon the expression, some heavier artillery that will make things much more likely to go in the right direction for that direct who doesn't seem to get it. Um, but we don't say that being late to a meeting every two weeks over the course of, say, four months, so therefore they're late eight times, that that's a pattern. We say a pattern is seven latenesses. As an example, we're not using lateness as the end-all and be-all, but it is an example. It's an illustration. Seven latenesses within the span of two weeks might very well be a pattern. So, you're going to have to make a decision about what the pattern is, but if your boss gets upset one time and yells at you, um, we would recommend you write it off. We're not defending the boss. We're simply giving everyone a little bit of grace. When you miss a deadline and then your boss asks why… Uh, You're late and you snap at him or her because you just had a fight with your spouse and don't you understand? I'm busy and you know, I'll get it to you and then you get it to by the end of the day We would forgive you for that and we would ask you even though your boss has power We ask you to forgive your boss for that bullying or we ask you to forgive a colleague for that bullying as well So be careful and if you say to yourself at times, you know, I'm a fairly sensitive person, and most of you who have been listening to Core Tools or Manager Tools for a while would not call me a sensitive person, but if you think of yourself as a sensitive person, then probably your trigger is a little sooner. My trigger is a little too late probably for the average person. Um, that said, a good way to ask yourself is to ask people who have different emotional states than you who have different levels of calmness and confidence and ask them whether they think there's a problem with Joe, the colleague, um, because the key there is pattern. And, and another thing I, I've noticed is um, there, there's also a soft bullying. I don't, I don't know if we're going to talk about this, Wendy. Wendy. Um, but it, And we, we could talk for hours about bullying, but the idea that the, the types of bullying, but there are plenty of people who are very quiet about it. I use the example of yelling, but there are plenty of people who are silent like assassins and basically lean over and say, if you don't get me that report today, you're going to regret it. Now, nobody hears her or him yelling But I got to tell you, folks, if that pattern occurs, if you hear that once or twice a week for a period of four to six weeks, that's bullying. Implied threats are bullying. Threats that can be inferred and that aren't related to someone responsible for evaluating your performance. Um, You know, I wouldn't want to be you if you missed this report, suggested in a tone that's a bit dripping with unspoken dread or or hinted at dread these kinds Mm -hmm. of that's unacceptable it's not yelling but it's still unacceptable
1: and there's things like you know saying saying to you um you know (laughs) that presentation was awful you know and and you can say that without anybody else hearing and if you say it consistently enough to somebody yeah that hurts them psychologically and that is part of the definition of bullying so yeah you're right you don't have to be loud
0: okay Good. No, I'm sorry. I took us on another tangent. But <laughs> our, okay. our guidance here is to walk away.
1: Yeah. Yelling or violence uh, or, or I guess anything really. Just walk Threats. away. Yes. Yeah. You, you don't have to say anything. You can just walk. And in most offices, nobody is going to come and grab you and drag the, you into their office. If you're an adult, you can walk away. Nobody's going to stop you. And if they do, then they just pass another line. Um, you can say, we can talk about this later can say it's not the time i'll pick up with you later something so that they feel like you've said something before you've walked away will work but you can just leave and if you're worried about being followed go to somewhere where there's other people don't go hide in the bathroom where there's probably nobody but go to somewhere where other people are sitting go to the cafeteria um go to somewhere someone's office and one of your friends who's you know there's someone there and and Nine times out of 10, the bully won't follow you all the way, right. and they probably won't carry on yelling in front of others.
0: But let's consider let's consider that the bully has flipped a switch in his or her head and really wants to, to make it known to you how they feel. Some of them are smart enough to go, okay, I can't yell in the bullpen, but I can still get to this person. So a couple of things to keep in mind here, folks. Okay. When you walk away, okay, you, you can say we can talk about this later. I'll tell you something that I have found very helpful is the phrase, would you please excuse me? And then disengage from the conversation. Now, guys, before you get ahead of me, I'm going to come back to the issue of you're in your office or you're in your cube. And I actually had, uh, this happens to us all the time at at Effective Manager and Effective Communications conferences. People say, okay, what would you do if you were in your office? What would you do if you're in a one-on-one and a direct wouldn't let it go? Because we have a podcast about giving feedback to somebody who then pushes back immediately, aggressively, a direct, and we say, we call that shot across the bow. We tell them just to walk away. And people immediately say, well, what if I'm cornered? And a couple of people have actually said to me, what if I'm in my cube because my cube is small enough, if somebody is behind my chair, I'm trapped, okay? And if you're a sensitive person or if you're more sensitive than average and someone whom you know to be or feel to be a bully is trapping you in your office, your fight or flight mechanism is going to make you dumb. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's going to ruin your productivity. And that person is doing it on purpose, in part because they're going to ruin your productivity, which is unacceptable to the firm. Forget about your boss. It's unacceptable to the firm, okay? So, if you want to say, we can talk about this later, that's fine. Or I find it very helpful to say, would you please excuse me? When the other person is bullying either quietly or loudly or whatever, and you say, would you please excuse me? You're taking your communication to a higher politeness level, the highest possible. Would you please excuse me is one of the most delicate and yet strong things you can say among Society, among polite people, among professionals, would you please excuse me? Is essentially, I no longer wish to talk to you. You cannot refute this. And the only way you could refute this is to physically prohibit me. And at that moment, that would be physical bullying, and HR should chew this person up and spit them out. So, you could say, we can talk about this later, but then you say, would you please excuse me? In other words, you're announcing, I'm leaving. And when a person hears that, now we're not saying that people who are bullying someone can actually hear real well because they probably have the red mist in front of their eyes and the ringing in their ears and so on. So for probably 70% of them, they won't hear you, but you'll be on the record as saying, would you please excuse me? And you will be able to say HR to HR later if in fact this, issue become, this incident becomes noteworthy. You could say, I'm sorry, I, I say this every time he or she comes into my office. We can talk about this later. Would you please excuse me? Uh, or every time he accosts me in the hallway or he comes up and says, we need to talk about this and he points his finger at me and he's standing six inches from me. I always say, we can talk about this later. Would you please excuse me? And I actually have said to him a couple of times, because right now you don't seem to be in a mood to listen and I'm uncomfortable. And then you say, would you please excuse me? And that ends the conversation. If you tell HR, would you please excuse me, and the person continues to talk to you, that's a form of verbal verbal bullying. There's no question about it. If you then walk into the bullpen and the person follows you and then privately starts whispering to you uh, and you believe there's venom or there's threat or there's implied danger or implied uh, productivity detriment or whatever, walk away again. And probably if you have to walk away A second time, you can go to a friend's cube, a friend's desk, your boss's desk. And I know some of you are saying, um, oh, that sounds wimpy. No, sorry, it's not. You're not wrong, okay? The fact that this person is behaving that way is unacceptable, unethical, unprofessional. And a pattern of this will get somebody fired. It will. What they're doing is morally wrong. Or if you're close to somebody, you can walk into an HR office, watch that person peel away at that moment. (laughs) And and by the way, when HR says, what are you doing here? He says, look, one of my colleagues, I don't want to say who, came up to me. He was angry. He started talking to me in a way that made me feel threatened. I said to him, we can talk about this later. He continued. I said, would you please excuse me? And I politely walked around him and moved into a public space. I followed guidance I heard in a podcast, if you want to tell him that. <laughs> say, he followed me and he continued the discussion in low tones so other people couldn't hear me. Now, I felt uncomfortable. Now, look, guys, I'm going to be clear. If it were me, I would never say I felt threatened, but I might say I felt that my colleague was behaving in an unprofessional way and it's not my place to threaten him back, okay? And then I would walk in and say, and I'm here and... He saw that I walked in here, and he turned around and walked away. Now, immediately, guys, HR is going to say, who is it? Say, you know what? That's not important. Let HR do their own research. They'll figure out who it is. Oh, yeah. And, well, and they, they
1: already know. Yeah.
0: And, and what's more, when people come to you and say, well, you told HR, no, I didn't. I just went to HR because I was tired of being followed. And you know it, and I know it, and all of us on this team know it. Now, if it's just five of you, and one of them is a bully, you could say, Robert, I'm talking about you and watch robert's blood boil okay one more thing i want to come back to it you're in your cube you're in your office and you feel threatened you feel bullied you say would you please excuse me okay and you stand up to leave okay if a person comes into your office and they start threatening you a colleague now or even for that matter your boss and you feel threatened, you can say, would you please excuse me? It is an enormous escalation for that person to block you. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is physically block you from leaving or to provide a threat if it's a colleague and just walk around them and leave. And if they say, what are you going to leave your own office? Say, yes, I am. I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. I'm going to take a breather, not comfortable with this conversation. Don't want you to follow me either. Okay. Um, Now, Look, the next time that person comes into your office, don't immediately get up and leave, okay? It's not them coming to your office, the problem, it's them threatening you and you feeling appropriately the need to get out of what amounts to a physical threat because you believe they're between you and the door, okay? Now, if you're in your cube and you say, would you please excuse me? And you don't physically have the room, before you stand up, say, I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna walk out of my cube. And then see what they do. Okay. Now, if they do it again the next day, if they continue a conversation from the previous day and they hold their voice down, and you feel physically threatened, and you see tension in their face, their eyes wider than normal, those kinds of things, after two or three in a row, I'd call that a pattern. Mm -hmm. Okay. Particularly if we're bringing up the same thing from a day before, and then the third day, again, the same thing. And at that point, I'd probably say, yeah, that's enough. Particularly, again, if they are using, if you believe they are using your cubicle to make you feel cornered, threatened, uncomfortable. Okay. Sorry, Wendy. I just thought it, because in the field, we often get questions like that about what do I do if I'm in my office? And people say, I'd say, well, I'd walk out if it was that bad. And by the way, I'm telling that story as a manager. One of my directs won't let, you know, won't let it go, won't let it go, won't let it go. And I don't want to talk about what they want to talk about. I'll say to them in a one-on-one, I'll say, hey, listen, you want to keep talking about that. I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. So we have a choice. You can agree to stop talking about it and we'll continue the one-on-one. I don't think we'll get very far because I think tensions are running high, but I will try or If you continue to talk about that, I'm going to get up and leave. And I'm not going to listen to you talk about it anymore because I'm part of the conversation. And if nothing else, in this situation, I'm the boss and I get to decide whether or not we're having this meeting. And right now, I'm not willing to have a meeting with you if you're going to talk about that. I consider that matter to be closed for now. Um, And people are just astounded that someone will get up out of their own office. I said, well, why should I sit in my own office and listen to one of my directs tell me what we're going to talk about. I mean, Manager Tools, you know, our other podcast is not built on the idea of of role power, but that doesn't mean we don't have any role power at all. We believe in the power of relationships, but we don't give up our role power, so we don't have to stand for it. And you, as a professional folks, don't have to stand for one of your colleagues treating you in an unethical, immoral, unprofessional way.
1: And the rules about being polite and walking out with the room that the two of you are in and they're still talking, if they're talking is abusive, then the the rule of politeness that says you have to stay and listen is broken. You can walk out.
0: Yes. One other thing I'll mention, if a person comes back into my office or my cube the second or third day, and they're bringing up the same thing and you feel threatened each time, when they come in, grab your phone, start recording. And say when they say, what are you doing? I say, I'm recording, go ahead. Even better, wait until you're recording and have the recording say, I'm recording. Go ahead.
1: And you don't even have to use that 98% of the time, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and if they walk away, they came to your cube and they're not willing to say something that's recordable. Wow. <laughs> okay. The next thing you suggested is peer feedback.
1: Oh, should we, uh, we should just do violence to your person. Oh, yeah. So if somebody actually hits you, that's like game over. Just go straight. You don't have to wait. You don't have to say anything. You have, don't have to do anything straight to HR, your manager, your manager's manager, wherever you want to.
0: I would even go further than that. I think physically, uh, that's the point about feeling physically threatened. I think someone putting a hand on you while you're trying to walk around them politely while keeping your voice down and staying calm look at least in the u.s that's battery the, f- the phrase is assault mm-hmm. and battery you can assault someone verbally but the moment you touch them it's battery i don't understand where that distinction comes from but the actual touching part is the battery part of assault and battery yeah um, okay so so if you feel that they are physically intimidating then I would say you're probably within the realm of going to HR, but if they touch you, or certainly if they if they physically try to move you, or push you, or even something more aggressive, folks, you really can't let that go. You really can't. All right. Now, next, peer feedback.
1: Peer feedback, yeah. So but we have the peer feedback model. There's a whole podcast about it, and it's and it's a way of giving feedback to your peers without making it sound like you're trying to manage them or you're trying to to have power over them. So it's useful in this situation because you can just pass the information over. You can you do it outside of whatever conversation there was that was that we construed as bullying and it's a very calm, very factual way of saying I don't want this to continue. Right. So for example, You might say, John, when you raise your voice, when you're talking to me, I can't have a conversation with you about the project and I have to walk away. Just thought you'd like to know.
0: Yeah. That's step two and step three of our manager feedback model. You don't ask, you don't ask them to change. And this is of course, negative peer feedback.
1: Or another one, Jane, when you use curse words more than once in a sentence, I can't hear your message. That's the reason I left. I just wanted you to know.
0: You could also replace that final sentence with, please stop, or please stop this, or I would ask you to stop please. And again, when you're doing this, you'll notice that when I give these examples, I sound pretty calm when I'm describing what I would say. That takes practice, but I I have learned that even if I'm calm, if I match my voice to the other person's, if I speed up, if I talk faster and so on, I don't look as calm, and what I want is a big gap in demeanor between me and them. I'm not cowed. I'm not afraid. I'm simply calm. That's all. And you, sir, are not. <laughs> and anyone seeing the conversation would say, Mark seemed okay, but this guy, the guy, this Robert guy, he's, he didn't seem okay at all. Right? And sometimes the old phrase, it takes two to tango, two two to tangle. And it's like, well, uh, yeah, no, really. No, we weren't tangling. He was abusing me. Simple.
1: An argument escalation says, don't go up to their level because they'll just go up another level. The way to do it is to go, is to go way below.
0: If they escalate and then you escalate, you've told them escalation is a legitimate tool in this conversation and they may escalate again.
1: Yeah. And any moment now you're yelling at them, Yep. And now they. Now it's not. Now it's, it's two of you.
0: Yeah. yeah now you're both exactly. wrong. And now the boss doesn't have to choose. He he does a dumb thing and calls you in and says enough. Yeah. All right. Next thing you said is document.
1: I just want to say don't, don't make don't expect the whole conversation thing and asking people to stop to make a difference. Oh if yeah. They are right. yeah. if they are ingrained psychologically to be a bully. The psychologists say it's a long standing thing. It starts from like two-year-olds. So we want you to give them the feedback because we want to be able to document that you that you told them to stop or that you told them that it wasn't acceptable, but don't expect a magic change to happen. Good. Okay, so document your actions. So in a, in a minute, we're going to say decide what you're willing to do about the situation, but documenting the events and what they did and what you did in response is important. If if you decide to go to HR or your boss or your boss's boss or a lawyer or a union or whoever it is you decide to go to, they are going to need more than John's been bullying me and right. he does this. Uh, he gets really angry or um, he throws his arms around. You know they or he he whispers things to me like you've got to know what it was that he whispered and when and who was there so you've got to take fairly detailed
0: notes yeah and there there's something i will just say wendy just said john's a bully he does this and this and this don't confuse he does this and this and this with john is a bully john is a bully doesn't work that's a to be statement it includes the word is He did X and Y and Z, that's what HR wants, but then they want, because HR is involved and because they weren't there, because your boss is involved and because she wasn't there, they're going to want to know specifics, but specifics do start with behavior. So let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you were to say John is a bully, they'd say, well, what did he do and when did he do it? Mm -hmm. So you don't, you don't, now you can say John has been bullying me, but you need to be prepared with, here's what he said and, or here's what I said here's what he did physically right and and it's the words he said how he said them his facial expressions his body language okay and and of course documentation so if you get an email that's easy (laughs) print it out or forward it okay but it but it includes dates and times and situations it does not include name calling bullying threatening they're not going to tolerate threatening that is not behavior it is a description of the behavior, but it's not the actual behavior. Saying, I will get you, that's a threat and that's behavior. Okay. But we don't say he threatened me. We say, he said, I will get you. And then HR says, oh my gosh, that's a threat. And you say, yeah, exactly.
1: And we're going to encourage you to document the incidents, even if you're not sure right now what you're going to do. So, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, that guy on my team is actually bullying me, and I still don't know what I want to do, start documenting it now. Because if something happens and and there's a final moment when you think, that's it, I'm going to do something, you'll want to have the history. If you never use it, it doesn't matter. All you've lost is a few minutes here and there.
0: People often say to me, Wendy, uh, out in the field, they say, oh, well, you know, we need to send an email. No, you really don't. A lot of people have email, you know, somebody says in a meeting, uh, yeah, I'll do that. And then the person says, okay, send me an email at the end of the meeting saying you'll do repeating that you'll do it. Now that's CYA, pardon me. And it's not, that's not how professionals do business. Your word is as good as an email. And if you know somebody who Says they'll do something and then won't send you an email and then doesn't do it and say well you have no proof That just means that person is an unprofessional unethical person And you should avoid working with them and maybe leave or get them to leave if they work for you Okay, because ethics are black and white on the other hand in this situation if you wanted to email yourself and say MFR which is an acronym for memorandum for record and you would just type in a note MFR Robert's bullying, and you'd say, on 12 September 2014, uh, Robert Simpson approached my cubicle. He said this. Uh, um, before I could respond, he said, some, he said this. Uh, I felt uncomfortable. I stood up and said, we can talk about this later. Um, and I said, would you please excuse me? He followed me and kept talking to me, pointed his finger at me, said this and said this and said this. That's all. It's literally like a movie script of what happened. It's not things like there was a fight, but rather the script that the the author, uh, the screenwriter would write. So you can use email as a timestamp memorandum for record. And then, of course, in your email, all you have to do is go search for MFR and you can find all of them. Or you can just document it in a, in a notebook. That's fine, too. Mm-hmm. And, you, and guys, when Robert starts abusing you, you don't start writing down the things. You write them down afterwards. And maybe you won't get it 100% right, but Robert's anger will keep him from getting it anywhere near right. And of course, he's going to lie about what he did anyway.
1: Yeah, sooner rather than later, but not right in front of him because that's just going to make him mad.
0: Now, Wendy, are you concerned at all that writing yourself a memorandum for record on a work computer is is bad i mean is it possible that it could be used against you do you
1: think yeah i, I don't like the idea of things that i might need personally to be on work computers for example um, in the uk where i learned all my legal kind of around bullying you can take the company to court And say the company didn't support me or the company didn't uh, do what they should do in the the case of this bullying. And to have those emails on a work computer that they can take away from you, that they could delete. I just think that's one risk too far. And I wouldn't put it on my work computer.
0: Oh, I see. What you're saying is they could say this is ours now. Yeah, I could see that. I still would use it simply because That's
1: convenient.
0: Yeah. Hey, look, look, if, you're, if you were using a company computer and you access your Gmail account at home through the browser, um, I think there's probably a record of that too on the company mm-hmm. servers somewhere. I don't know what the legalities of that are. And folks, please don't write to us about the legalities because we don't need you thinking about the legalities when you're being bullied. Um, handwritten notes would work fine. I would probably be okay with using the company computer. And certainly, people do uh, sue companies uh, in the US too, um, and often lose, by the way. Okay. And then the last thing is, there's a pattern. You've taken some steps. You've tried to avoid it. And now, maybe it's, long, it's been happening long enough. You need to decide what you're willing to do.
1: Yeah. And taking out grievance or going to court or confronting a bully are all reasonable actions. But when you've been victimized, you might not feel like doing any of those things. You just might want to get a new job, get away from the bully and get out of the situation. And that's rational, too. And I'm going to say it's rational because I was fired by the bully that I had, that my, who was my manager. And I decided I could, I could have sued or gone to court for wrongful dismissal. And I decided I didn't want to. I had a new job was working out and I just wanted it to be over. So it's completely rational to do that. So I don't feel like you have to take some kind of action. It's not your responsibility to do that. Right. The other thing about reporting it within an organization is it can make things worse. There, there might be organizational support for this person because they get results or because they're related to someone or they right. play golf with the CEO, whatever it is. And so if you come up against them, there might be a pushback from the organization. So that's another thing to think about before you make a decision. And then taking legal action is costly wherever you are. And if you lose, you end up paying your costs. And the, and
0: no, uh, well, no, in the UK, yes, but not in the US. All right. Yeah. We don't have loser pays in the US. I don't know about other first and second world, even third world countries. I don't, I don't know um i suspect th- one of the definitions of third world companies is not a responsible justice system <laughs> yeah. folks please don't take that as an attack on your country um uh but for the vast majority of people legal action the chances of that is one in ten thousand and frankly if you're thinking about taking legal action we would encourage you to write wendy or i an email at customer service at manager And I suspect long before you talk to a lawyer and in the US, it would be a case where the lawyer would absolutely want his or her first consultation with you to be free. And the reason for that is because the kinds of lawyers who take this kind of case need all the help they can get um, and know that people don't have a lot of money for these situations, but we would probably talk you out of it. Not, Not because we don't think you're right, but because the legal system is imperfect because it's run by men and women, and therefore imperfect. (laughs) And and you don't have the resources that you might need.
1: Yeah, it's a really big deal to do that.
0: Yeah, the key thing here is don't let anyone, even a bullying colleague, tell you what to do. Um, You have a responsibility to your family and to your spiritual life. You need to do what's right for you. And that's why when Wendy wraps up, I'll say, These things become a great deal easier if you follow step one first in advance, (laughs) now, long before you ever get bullied. So, Wendy, wrap us up.
1: Okay. So, start saving, get your resume ready, and warm up your network. Walk away from yelling or violence. Use peer feedback, document your actions, and decide what you're willing to do.
0: Good. Thanks, Wendy.
1: Okay. Thanks. Bye, everyone.
0: That's it everybody, don't hesitate to come to the forums and tell us about your experience dealing with bullies. Never pleasant, but there are ways to be effective.